I cannot tell you how great it is to be here today. My name is Skylar Rhodes. Uh, I have the honor of serving you as your superintendent here, as Pastor Kelly was saying, in Bridges District, where we are 98 churches now, uh, 98 churches strong and growing all the time. And I bring you greetings from our Bishop Warner H. Brown, Jr., who texted me this morning, wanted to be sure that I said hello on his behalf for you. So I text, we text a lot. But uh, <laughs> he's in Maryland, Baltimore, at the Black Methodist for Church Renewal meeting as we speak. So he said to say hello and that he's holding you in prayer. Would you, would you pray with me? God, we gather here as your people. And we ask that you make us mindful that you called us together, Lord, to do nothing more, nothing less than heal this broken world. Draw from us every skill, every talent. Teach us to laugh and dance and make of us a people in whose wake we find healing and new life. And this moment, this day, as we share the word, we ask that the meditations of our common heart, and, O oh Lord, please, the words of my mouth, be acceptable in your sight. For you and you alone are our rock and our redeemer. To you and you alone do we owe allegiance. In Jesus' name, amen. So I want to tell you, I'm kind of new to this era. I moved to Woodland three years ago. Uh, from San Francisco after 13 years there. And the day we moved in, it was 112 degrees. <laughs> My spouse turns to me and goes, have we made a mistake? <laughs> after all those years of cold San Francisco, but we do love it here. And coming here this morning, it's a confirmation. You are a wonderful community. It's a blessing. And I particularly want to thank Pastor Kelly for making her pulpit available this morning. I'd like to tell you a story which is close to my heart because it's about twins. And I am the father of twins who are now 21 and in school at Chico. Um, and uh, this family also had twins. And these kids, they were kind of like night and day, if you know what I'm saying. Now, these kids were, one of them was just the rosiest, shiniest optimistic personality you could ever imagine. You know, talk about glass half full. This kid was like glass three quarters full all the time and could always see the sunny side. The other kid, not so much. The other kid would be grumpy and could always see, you know, <clears throat> on a rainy day like this, the sunny one would want to go out and play and splash in the puddles. And the other one would say, now I might get my new shoes dirty. You know, or what if, I, what if I fall and get muddy? You know, and, and in any situation, they had this very different approach to life. You know, one, one would not want to go and try out for the, the sports team because they might, you know, tear their pants. And the other one would just love to try out even if they didn't make it just for the fun of doing it. Well, the parents decided they would kind of push this to see how it might go. So Christmas morning, trees festooned in the living room, and over here is a brand new bicycle, shiny and wonderful. And then over here is a white bucket, 
and it's filled with manure. So down the stairs they come, and first the, the grumpy kid goes over to the bicycle and has his name on it. And he looks at it and he goes, Wow, there's a scratch on the fender. Or what if I what if I go for a ride and I fall down? Or or you know, what if what if what if I catch my, my pant leg in the chain? On and on and on like that, and the parents are going, Yeah, okay. And then the other kid comes running down and goes over to the white bucket. Pulls the cloth off it, looks in, and her face just lights up, and she starts running around the house, looking in the closets, looking in the doors, <coughs> goes out to the garage, comes running back, and they're going, What is wrong with you? Because I don't know, but there must be a pony around here someplace. <laughs> People are wired in different ways, aren't they? You know, and, and usually that. Very, anybody know somebody like that who's kind of grumpy and negative? Probably not. But, you know, it's that to the very optimistic and everything in between, isn't it? And it's kind of a, a marvelous thing how we are wired. And, and it's true, too, that our Christian faith seeks to rewire us also into this kind of optimistic mode. Because Christian faith calls us to a place where we are enthusiastic and optimistic in places where maybe there isn't a reason to be. Our faith calls us to hope when sometimes other people would not see it. It calls us to, to ministries of new life and new beginnings. It calls us, as scripture says, to ministries of reconciliation, right? Isn't that a great passage? In Christ everything is made new. And we are given the ministry of reconciliation. So we're called to be reconciled to God, right? Right? You heard that, right? right. It's okay, you can talk back. <laughs> it's all good. Well, the only problem here is that that translation is wrong. You know, anybody ever see um, Princess Bride? I mean, you know that movie? You know, <laughs> Wallace Shawn's going, I don't think that word means what you think it means. Well, reconciliation is a mistranslation. doesn't mean that. Isn't that bizarre? The English word reconciliation, the Greek word in the scripture is a word called katalage. Okay? And the actual translation is not reconcile. It's utter, complete transformation. That's the, tra that's the accurate translation of that passage. And, and it drives me a little nuts because in the Christian church, we have built a whole theology out of this idea that we have to be reconciled to God. Am I right? That, I mean, that's the word we get. God's mad at us because we're nasty people. We do nasty things, which we do sometimes. But God's so mad, in fact, that God has to get himself nailed to a cross in Jesus to expiate our sins. Right? Right? You know the story, Right? But that's wrong. That's not true. God's not mad at you. Never was. God's very name and substance is what? Love. Am I right? God's not, God's not angry at you because you mess up. God made you that way, so why would God be mad at you behaving the way you were made? 
God's not angry at you. God loves you. And more than that, my friends, God loves you in a way you don't get loved very much in this world. God loves you exactly like you are. Exactly as you are. No change required. No, no to-do list must be crossed off. You get to be loved because you're you. You get to be accepted because you're you. You get to be embraced by a God who loves you. <clears throat> now, where this passage makes a difference is that that God who accepts you, loves you, embraces you as you are, isn't willing to leave us that way. God calls us to transformation and change. God calls us to new beginnings and new life. You see, this resurrection thing, you know, we're coming to that, right? You know that? Yeah. Easter, yeah. resurrection, right? All that. Well, it's, it's not just a matter of dying and being brought back to life so that you can go on and keep on keeping on. New life is about a new creation. What's the scripture say? In Christ, we are a new creation. Everything old has passed away. Everything old. And that, we have kind of problems with that. So at least I do. Anybody? And I got up this morning and I reached for my bathrobe, which is always on the same hook. I depend on that. My partner moved it. Can you believe that? I got up, no bathrobe. So I'm stamping around like an eight-year-old. Where's my bathrobe? On the hook, six inches away, dear. We don't really like change a lot. But it is change to which God calls us. It's a ministry not just of change for change's sake, but a ministry of transformation. A ministry where we are called to engage the powers of evil and oppression. It's in your church membership vows. Where we're called to engage a world of hurt and in its place put a world of hope. We're called to engage a world of brokenness and violence and in its place build communities of power and joy. We are called to wade into this world of woe with a message of joy life and transformation and we're called by a God who knows we can do it you know God doesn't really have a backup plan right it's you you got that right it's you it's me and not only are we called we're capable not only are we called into this ministry of transformation we are especially equipped with the gifts of compassion with the gifts of love, with the gifts and graces that each one of you brings to the table in this incredible community. You are uniquely gifted, uniquely called, uniquely empowered to make a difference in the world so that wherever you go, things are changed. Wherever you go, people are transformed. You see, it gets to this resurrection thing because... We're going to celebrate that on Easter Sunday. And I'm here to tell you something. That the whole Jesus died for your sins and went to the cross and got stuck in the tomb and rose again, right? We have changed that into an article of belief. 
than to an article of religion. I think that's probably a bad idea. You know, as the man said to me the other day, I don't really want to hear what you believe. Show me your life, I'll know what you believe. Show me your life, I'll know darn well what you believe. Because you see, the resurrection of Jesus Christ isn't an article of belief. It's marching orders, friends. It's what we're called to do. Our story is that the God of life went to the cross for our redemption. And he says, go thou and do likewise. You pour yourself out for others the way I have poured myself out for you. You pour yourself out for others. And this redemption spreads like a marvelous tapestry of joy across the world. You go and pour yourself out for others. And things change. Transformation happens. You ever had somebody just do for you with no thought of return just out of love do for you doesn't that touch you doesn't that hit you somehow now imagine that in the form of a community that pours itself out for the wider community imagine it as a whole world of people pouring themselves out for the healing of the planet you see, it's, it's here for us. It's our call. It's our hope. It's who we are as community. You know, we're not, we're not that religiously tainted social club where we just kind of hang out, right? We are the church. We are the church called to go forward and, and make sure that whatever we touch turns positive. That whatever we do leads into healing and hope. That whatever we go... People look after us and go, wow, those folks know how to love. Wow, those folks cared for me and they didn't ask anything back. Wow, those people got it together and actually made sure that malaria is not going to be a scourge on the planet anymore. The brother here is talking about Umcor, right? Where'd you go? Did he leave? (laughs) Go figure. But you know, the United Methodist Committee on Relief, we have a special offering. But you know why it's so special? Because it's the only relief agency on the planet that spends 100% of your donation on actual relief. No overhead. No overhead. And the United Methodist Committee on Relief was in Rwanda and Burundi as the genocide was still going on and they're still there affecting healing. The United Methodist Committee on Relief is in Jamaica for that horrible earthquake and they're still there. Or should I say you're still there? You're still there because you are committed to this incredible connectional community. This incredible, flawed, crazy, wild United Methodist Church With all of our wrong things, we get it right a lot. We get it right when we rise up and decide we're going to be healers. Do we get it wrong? Heck yeah. And when we get certain things right, (laughs) we'll figure out something else we're doing wrong. But we are here because together we get it. That God doesn't call us to be a shallow religious community 
but a community of hope that goes deep into the soul. A community of wonder that understands what it means to have your heart changed because somebody cares. Friends, you are agents of hope in a conspiracy of love. And it's a privilege to partner with you in this. It's a privilege for us to walk together, to choose to do the right thing, moment after moment, to choose to be liberators, to choose to be healers, to choose to express joy. The same kind of joy these kids had with Pastor Kelly. And so we go forward, called in Christ to be a new creation. And as we walk in this Lenten journey, as we walk towards the cross and the resurrection, I want to call us to let go of this old idea of a, a God who's ticked off, of a God that we somehow have to please and understand that God says, you are my children, my beloved, and I am well pleased with each and every one of you. And I call you forward to be more, to be better, to be powerful, to be nothing less, nothing more than the healers of this world in my son Jesus' name. Amen.